It'll just be double that. It'll be 448, right? Yeah, we starting right now. <laughs> and we got the boys are back, Mitt. Bill McCarthy, Arian Messi Kamesi, uh, already into the booze. We got some we got some breaking news, gentlemen. We got a couple things. We got a couple items. This week has been particularly look at I I'll be honest. So so when the US national schedule came up, I knew like there's a lot of people in the US that make up the powerlifting community for sure. When I look at the powerlifting, you know, demographics, a huge chunk is US. And we got a lot. It's it's we got a lot of people coming from Europe and then a smaller amount coming from Asia and then obviously Canada as well though. But the traction was huge on US nationals as well as um, same day. This is all just yesterday within a day, Johnny Candido dropping his video where he talks about changing the bench setup, the bench rules. And um, I reposted it saying, yeah, excellent video. Well done. My man can put out some quality content. And he puts it together well and he gets a lot of traction, but I didn't expect, I, I knew the nationals is going to get a lot of traction and, and people, I, when I say that, I mean, people respond to my story with, uh, and I do a little back and forth if I can, but a shitload of people responded to the Candido and wanted to talk about it. And then we're reposting and I see it. So um, there it is. Well, those are the two items I'd like to talk about, but let's start off with probably the more, per the more pertinent one would be the raw nationals, U.S. raw nationals. And um, we're talking about U.S., but worldwide, God knows there's going to be, when the Europeans roll around and shit like that, there's going to be some COVID times where they're probably going to face the same things. So let's start it off for people who don't know, just listening in, what is the breaking news here, gentlemen? we got some deadlines, and we got some qualifications going on, and we have a venue, and we have a date. How do you, should we just start off with uh, the venue, the date, deadlines, and then go from qualification, go to qualifications? Let's do it. Let's do it. So it's going to be in Florida, Daytona Beach. Never been, but it's beautiful. We got a Florida man here. Speak <laughs> on that. Florida man. You can, you, can, uh, you can speak on that, sir. Daytona Beach, beautiful. Yeah, Daytona Beach is nice. It was the uh, home of NASCAR. I don't know if it still is or not. There you fucking go. Go catch yourself a race while you're there. America, baby. America. Yeah, that's um, that's that's good old-fashioned Americana right there, fellas. And in terms of the scheduling, we're looking at uh, Monday, June 14th, Tuesday, June 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th. And uh, this is going to be for all of the all the meat and potatoes here. We got the bench, open masters, and youth. Well, well I guess the, the first thing you can go over is that you mentioned that one is the other nationals because – uh, they're separating out some of the age divisions. So when we're talking about raw nationals this year, it's not the raw nationals that it is normally. So for people who don't know, again, you can go look at the news posts is the raw and equipped teams are being pulled out of raw nationals and open nationals and are going into high school nationals. And then the raw and equipped juniors are getting pulled again, one that again out of the raw nationals and open nationals and being put into the collegiate nationals. So the raw nationals now is just the open and masters age divisions and then connected to that is the youth nationals and the bench press nationals. Got you. And this is actually going to put a whole lot more meaning into the collegiate nationals. Yes and no. Oh, why would you, what are you thinking? So they kind of put a little caveat in there saying that any junior or teen that enters the open age nationals, so the Daytona that we're talking about in June. So if they qualify for it, get in and compete there, 
that total will count towards the national team for the teens or the sub juniors and juniors for raw and equipped. So therefore it's actually a huge advantage to the better slash faster typers. We'll get into that later that, you know, they'll actually know possibly what total they need to hit to already be on the team. If they're possibly the only, you know, junior sub junior in their weight class. They'll be like, oh, cool. 500 kilos, done. 502 and a half, go home. Because where's the, when and where's the collegiate nationals? Uh, April and May, I think, are the collegiate or the okay. you know, junior slash collegiate and then the high school slash team. Yeah, the, the junior collegiate's April in Louisiana and then the teen high school is now end of May in Colorado. It was initially supposed to be March. They postponed it to May now. So, um, yeah, like, like Bill said, there's, there's, there's two things that I noticed. One is that they're still keeping those divisions separate. So if you want to do junior nationals and you want to do collegiate nationals, they are separate entries that you have to do. And then also, like Bill said, the equip side used to ha had this all for a while is like, you can do collegiate nationals and then you can do open nationals and whoever has the best equipped total will make the junior team. But for raw nationals has always been one meet. You show up to raw nationals, you win to raw nationals, you get the spot. Now it's being similar to equipped where you could do junior nationals in Louisiana, have the best total then Jesus Oliveras or whoever comes to open nationals in June out totals you and they get the spot. The one, the other side of that is Jesus is kind of rolling the dice hoping. Okay. This is immediately going to bleed into how you get into the, this nationals, but hoping you can get in. Um, do we anticipate getting into the collegiate nationals probably going to be a little easier. How is that set up in terms of qualifying and getting in? Yeah, those will be easier because, you know, they're either the similar amount of days, but also it's, you know, less events and less divisions. You don't have the youth nationals to worry about. You don't have the bench press nationals to worry about. Um, so it's going to be easier for like, you know, collegiate nationals to fill in all their spots rather than the raw nationals. And, and how many people are they allowing to go into the collegiate nationals? Do we have that number off the hand? I haven't seen that actually, honestly. Um... I don't know if they put the two platform cap on that because initially there was not going to be a cap on the platforms yeah i think that's just going to be a massive media I, I don't see it right away on there on the website for the collegiates so they're basically going to take yeah i think whoever, since that, whenever. i think for those two the high school and the collegiate since they're run by individual meet directors it's whatever the individual meet directors want to do based on the size of the location and the rules within their state all it says for collegiate nationals, it says four lifting days with a morning and afternoon session. So depending on what Louisiana allows, I know he already has restrictions on spectators. Um, we'll see how many platforms he does. It's a bit of rule in the dice. Like if you guys had a junior lifter and you want to get him on a Nash on a national team, are you going to collegiates or are you, or like Bill said, are you going to be like, well, we know the total to beat if we wait, but for Daytona. However, it's fucking, how, how sure do you think you're going to get in? And we'll get into that as well in a second, Bill, but what, what would each of you uh, say to any junior listening? Yeah. I mean, listen, so I have someone in this exact, exact situation and the plan is basically to try to get into quote unquote, you know, open nationals, you know, the raw nationals, the Daytona nationals, let's call it. Um, and if not, then we have five weeks to get ready for <laughs> uh, junior slash collegiate nationals because the cutoff, basically the cutoff date for signing up for the Daytona nationals is going to be March 1st, it looks like. And 
the collegiate junior nationals is going to be April, this first week of April. So you basically have five weeks to, you know, from there. So it's a big swing one way or the other, because you're kind of rolling the dice. Like you said, like you don't get in and all of a sudden now I got to make weight in five weeks. <laughs> so we got a little work to do. <laughs> you're almost semi prepping. You're almost like, look yeah. at this semi prep. We can roll it back if we have to. We can take a foot off the gas if you yeah. end up making it to Daytona. Yeah, nutrition on point, you know, training on point because it might be five weeks, it might be 13 weeks. We don't know yet. <laughs> it, you know what? It sounds like that's the best way to cover your yep. bases. So then you, you got to, yeah. you got two kicks at the can. And if you don't get in either, then fuck me. <laughs> it wasn't meant to what be. I, what can I, what I really wish they would have done though is something like, you know, the CPU nationals where it's like you pick one, and that's what you're in, right? So like for you, right? You can either enter the masters or the open. You can't enter both, right, Ryan? Right, correct, yeah. yeah. Right, so you can't actually make it on both teams kind of thing. Where in the US, you can you know, enter multiple divisions at our old raw nationals where you could be a master in an open or a teen in an open or whatever it is. Um, and then you could possibly make both teams. So I would really have liked to seen them say like, hey, Daytona is just open lifters for those raw national sessions. It doesn't count for anything else. So basically you want to make the junior team, you want to make the team team, you have to, you want to make the master's team, you have to do those specific nationals to get in, at least for this year, since it's not one gigantic meet altogether. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it makes things wonky. We all know it's easier when you know who you're facing. If I know, if you were in a competition and I'm like, it's you and that guy who are battling out for first place, you know what you need to win. You walk yeah. away being like, I made the team it's finalized and everyone watching it's finalized story is over and it's been told as opposed to now let's wait. <laughs> and God knows who's going to, you don't know even who makes it over there, whatever. Like it's just, yeah. it's too much up in the air and people don't know if this is for, if I'm making it and I'm, I should be booking a ticket, getting my passport updated. What the hell's going on? Um, <laughs> let's talk about for a second there. So we covered, we co let's, we briefly talked about some of the deadlines, but let's talk about these deadlines in terms of qualifications. So, um, essentially, uh, we'll pull it up here because it's obviously, it's going to be different. We're under COVID times and, um, the top five from the 2019 U S nationals are going to, they have a week to put in and say, yes, I accept the invitation. And I'm going, so that's the top five right off the bat. We don't know right now how many people are going to say no, but it's not that long ago let's just assume they're going to say yes. There might be a few, but it, that's probably outliers. On top of that, I believe it's the top three from the showdown meet. Right. Right. And is that the one, which meet was that again? Refresh my memory, gentlemen. That was all of 2020. Was it, that, was just a, it was just a so ranking big, system for all the local yeah. events. Okay, good. So then the top three. So we do have a bit of, because people are saying they're a little upset about the lack of ranking system but that is essentially your ranking system. So if you competed in, in 2020, as long as you hit top three, you've earned your spot. Good enough. I mean, some people wanted it a little more, but. Yeah, but there's definitely crossovers in that. There's a lot of crossovers in that also. So it kind of dwindles that number also a little uh, bit. So. Oh, you, you, yeah. and by crossovers, you mean they already qualify by the 2019 nationals. Yeah. And right. So like Amanda what, Lawrence won nationals in 2019, but she was also the number one 84 kilo lifter. So, you know, that's, you know, so she obviously gets in, but that's one more spot that opens up available to the, the next level. Is down. that how they do it? Okay, good. I was about to ask the next question was when they look at the top three, if Amanda Lawrence is one of them, they rejig the top three to. No, 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 oh, no. Oh, they no. don't. Okay. Okay. No, 
No, it would just be a, an extra spot, right? Because she's not going to take up two spots in the eighty-four, right. right? You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, if there's but... you were talking eight, you were talking eight spots, right? With the top five plus the top three um, times, you know, the sixteen weight classes or fifteen weight classes at that point, right? You're talking what 120 lifters right there, but some of them are crossovers. So let's say it's 100 lifters instead, or 95, or something like that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Plus yeah. you have lifters that, that like, you know, did multiple weight classes, like Ashton Rauschka is on the hometown showdown for multiple weight classes, 93s and 105s. Plus he was like, you know, a top national competitor. So there's more slots like that. Like Sam Calhoun was a, right. a, a did 63 and 72. She's ranking the hometown showdown. So there's, there's a lot of those that's that right. will, you yeah, know. Sam, yeah, Sam took up three spots. So yeah. So that's, that's good for everybody spots. else. Yeah. Okay. So then, and then everybody else who has hit a qualifying total and these qualifying totals are all up on the USAPL website is now on their laptops come March 1st. And it is first come first serve. As long as you have a qualifying total, you toss your hat in the ring, you fill out your form and hope that you hit the cutoff in time. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's basically what they do every year with the Arnold. They open up the Arnold at, you know, 10 p.m. on a Tuesday and it filled up by 10.04 um, and then the spots are done. So literally March 1st, the roster will be complete for Raw Nationals or for all Nationals. <laughs> and and um, so looking at this, why do you guys think it, it became a first comfort serve as opposed to uh, look at you got, even if they said three days to sign up online and then we're just taking the biggest totals we find. Um, do, you, do you, is there... Why do you think that is? Do we know why? Or is it just there? I mean, that just... comes that comes back to like refunding money and like losing money through, you know, the transactions probably that way, I would assume. Um, but yeah, why not? Why not just let everybody go for it? I mean, you have your, you people who earned it, right? Your top five from two years ago, your top three from 2020, and then everyone else can shoot it out and see who has the fastest fingers. Yeah, I mean, they, they didn't give us any information, so we, we don't know. I mean, at some point, you would have to write, at some point in your, your hierarchy, you have to put, okay, after this level, we open up to everyone. Even if it was like, you know, then they go to, you know, top 10 ever or top 20 ever. Eventually, they, open, they, they have a point where they open up to anyone. So it's where do they draw the line. They drew the line somewhere. Of course, no matter where you draw a line, some people are going to be unhappy about it. Um, I don't know Blood why. They, yeah, I don't know why they specifically picked top three. Uh, for the hometown showdown and i understand some people's argument against it because one they didn't tell us in advance that hey the, t the hometown showdown may be used for like you know early entry to raw nationals or something like that and two some states didn't have the ability to run meets at all or the same number of meets as some other states like california and new york were barely running any meets so what if you didn't have an opportunity to even do the hometown showdown so i can see the arguments for that but they have to draw the line somewhere because i don't think they want to you know spend every week okay now we're going to send out these 20 people okay these people decline next week let's go to these 20 people and just keep going down the list could they have done for the hometown showdown thing and again for like we have a lot of european listeners uh canadian listeners who weren't like we can't just uh, assume they understand so hometown showdown is just the top essentially we're saying the top three lifters um every weight class from 2020 if there was for instance um you know a sam calhoun who won 2019 nationals and a Sam Calhoun who's in the you know, hometown showdown ranked in the top three. And so she's already got her spot secured. Could they have just moved down after Sam Calhoun and grabbed three more 
of the top ranked three so that it still becomes more about rankings as opposed to Sam Calhoun taking off two spots. You know, it's just an idea. I mean, I know you guys are like, hey, man, I wasn't involved in the decision, but it is what it is. You know, uh, essentially, they, they, they it, we're working under COVID times and they, they put it together and, and toss it. I'm just glad we have it. I think that's the thing that everyone's missing is like, if you're excited about nationals, like it's actually happening. Like it didn't happen last year. And people are bitching about this because like it's not the way they want it to be because they might not get to get in, whatever. But like a big meet is actually coming and like people are going to be excited about it instead of like, it just blows my mind how everyone's just like upset about this. Like you've been well, complaining about this for so long, everybody. We gotta have meets, we gotta have meets, we gotta have meets. Okay, well, here's nationals. Cool. It's gonna be six days long. It's gonna be this, 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 and this. Fuck that. That's bullshit. We can't do that way. Like, come on. Next Maybe time. initially, probably just initially, but I think once it's been solidified and we start marching towards it and start preview shows, start rolling out, I think they'll get excited. Well, yeah, once people get in, they'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once it settles, once the, the sting of if you didn't get in, the sting is like, fuck it, I'm accepting. Yeah. Um, now talking about that, let's talk about who is going to get in. So how many lifters total are we looking at uh, with the caps by, by, I think we already mentioned that there's a 56 lifter cap per session. Um, let's maybe, I know you crunched a few numbers, Bill, maybe we'll run through that. So I guess if we're just, we're just talking about, let's just talk about the raw nationals portion. Cause basically what we're kind of talking about, right? Yes. Um, so basically they're letting there's two platforms with three sessions on each platform for four different sessions, if that makes any sense, right? So um, the men is gonna be 83 and below, and then 93 and above will be their two sessions. So it'll be 56 lifters, 83 and below, and then 56 lifters, 93 and above. And then the women, the cutoff is the 69 kilo class. So there'll be 69 and below will be 56 lifters, and then 76 and above will be same thing, 56 lifters. So you're talking 224 lifters total for the open portion of raw nationals. Holy smokes. Yeah. Do, you, do you happen to know how many lifters it was in 2019? So the open was 575. And sorry, what was the number we anticipate this year? 224. Oof. Okay. okay. But again, so when you're talking about the 575, you're talking about all the teens, the juniors, and the masters that have crossed over and entered the open also. Gotcha. So it's not as scary I don't, as I don't have that number, but I'm going to say it's cl- got to be close to 20%. With the amount of juniors we have in Especially the USA, juniors. Field, it's got to be at least 20%. So you're taking 100 off of that. So basically you're talking roughly 50% of what it was last year for Raw Nationals is, is my my guess here with the, with the numbers. Or Plus, even closer, also, even closer. But here's the other thing, too, is people forget this. They raised the qualifying totals for 2020. Mm, It just never happened. Like, we just never had to meet. So these are now the new higher qualifying totals. So in theory, less people are going to qualify. Therefore, the numbers should be lower anyway if it was a mega meet. And how much was was the increase in those qualifying totals raised? Like, was it just in comparison to how many new lifters? Aaron, were- do you remember off the top of your head, like, what the ex- exactly what they did? They took like the top, I forget what it, what it was. They basically based it off of the last year's nationals, and they took like the whoever got like twentieth place or something like that. They took the average of that or something like that. Do you remember okay. what that was, Aaron? Yeah, I don't. I don't remember off the top of my head. I was trying to look up like because um, yeah. I think it used to be 
like in, if you thought in like Wilkes across all the weight classes, it used to be somewhere around a 400, but now it looks like it's somewhere around like 450 to 470, depending on the weight class. Holy smokes. Yeah, it's pretty high in some of the weight classes. And the, and the interesting thing is the way they did it um, with taking the percentage of how people finished up, the 105 qualifying total is less than the 93 qualifying total. That's right. Because yeah. there's, you know, I guess the, 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 you know, 30th through 15th place at Raw Nationals was higher for the 93s than it was for the 105s or something like that. Yeah. So, um, but still, I mean, the totals were like, the totals they have now would have won Raw Nationals like eight years ago. <laughs> so like just oh, the qualifying total. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy I, stuff. I, I uh, yeah, I mean, in in when you lower one a weight class up, it just encourages people from ninety three to go into one to one hundred five. And yeah, people say that, and it's like, yeah, no, that's exactly what they want, though. They want to fill yeah. out a division, and that's how you do it. It's uh, right. it's like interest rates, right? You you know, you lower or raise them to into the stimulator pull down, but um, yeah. that's exactly what um every year people always ask, oh, why are the equipped nationals qualifying totals? you know, lower than some of the raw nationals qualifying totals. And the arguments are exactly what you said about 200 people show up to equip nationals and about 1200 people show up to raw nationals. So yeah. they, don't, they don't need to increase the equip nationals qualifying total because you, you, why would you go less than 200 people? You already have exactly like around the number that you want. It's like, don't ask me these questions. You're going to get your feelings hurt. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to tell you that we're, 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 we're giving away these tickets for people to show up to these games. Um, all right. So fair enough. So we got a good chunk of people here. We, we know how many people we're, that are going to be showing up and um, we know the qualification is going to be heavier. Do we, so how many people are going to come through the lottery phase out of the, the people that are going to end up on the raw nationals? Do we know that number roughly? Yeah, basically it's, what do we say? So it's eight, eight times 15. So that's, you know, 120. So 100, so 104 plus because of the crossovers, right? Because of mm. like Sam Calhoun took up two spots, whatever. Yeah. So there'll be 120 lifters that get the first crack at it with the top five from 2019 and the top three from the 2020 showdown. Um, so that'll be, end up being 120 lifters. So 104 will get into the, the lottery, so to say. Hmm. But, but then from there, we don't know how big the pool is because you don't know how many new people qualified. I'm sure someone can go pull from the database. Like I know previously Joe Mark Steiner has looked at like how many people are above the qualifying total for when they figure out what the qualifying totals are. So someone could just, you know, go to the database or open IPF and see how many people are above each. But then you also have to look into, you know, the 83s and below and the 93s above how many from those right. weight class are fighting. You might get some kind of weird situation. Like what if like, 1593s get in on March 1st and like one one twenty gets in. And so the depth in each weight class might be weird as well. Yeah. Yeah. That is absolutely so I, I kind of wrote some numbers down real quick. So based off of yeah. the days they have, so based off of 2019 Raw Nationals, 83 and below was 144 lifters, 93 and above was 146. So it was pretty damn even, like right on the money. And then the women, so we didn't have 69 and 76. So I just kind of cut 72 in half, right? Um, just to make, just gave it to both days to make it easier. So the 69 and below was 154 and the 60, 76 and above was 131. So a little bit skewed there by 20 people or so, but, um, but yeah, they're pretty much right down the middle from what it was 
um, at 2019, which is, I assume that was their goal. So it's almost like, like you said, there's a lot of differences with the women's weight classes changing and who qualifies or anything like that, but it's almost like they took the main part of raw nationals and you cut it in half. So like, okay, the bottom half you're done. Then from the top half, they said, okay, the top 50% of the top 50% will give you the automatic spots. The next 50%, it, it's a fight. Go for it, whoever wants it. Yeah. And we anticipate this is probably, if when we tune in and view it, now that we know some of the background and how to get in and when, et cetera, when, as a viewer tuning in to watch this thing, how do we anticipate it's going to look with how the sessions are, are queued up, the amount of lifters that are going to be lifting in these flights, how the flights are going to be. Do we, do we know here? What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be two, it's two, it's only two flights and it's you know, one session per thing. So it's going to be back to back. I mean, yeah. So basically they're probably going to have two different live streams. I'm assuming one for platform A, one for platform B. And if you want to watch the 59s, 66s, you go on this one and you want to watch the 74s and 83s, you watch on this one kind of thing. So it's not yeah. going to be like your prime time because it's going to be, you know, well, actually, no, they did prime time. They did two platforms. Um, the last year or two so it'd be did about they, the same thing did they in the okay I don't, yeah, I didn't, didn't they do and, and they've done um they've done multiple weight classes you know like two weight classes yeah because yeah, they've and they've done like you know first flight was women second flight was men we've also had like you know the arnold where they've done like you know multiple platforms going on at the same time so i mean there's there's positives and negatives to it the positive is that it's only the open age division so you know everyone's competing against each other it's not like you know a five platform meet and this meet this platform has teen ones here and also on that platform there's teen ones and over here there's masters and over there it's open yeah. it's okay everyone's in one division it's just that it's multiple weight classes so maybe the first flight is let's say 59 and 66 and then the second flight is 74 and 83 and then it's like just having to keep track of you know who's competing against who so it's important to like you know look at the bottom and see okay there's a 74 kilo lifter there's an 83 kilo lifter right i mean i could just say um, you know, I watched us raw nationals via the stream, but at the worlds, it's a little different how on platform a is where they have all the top guns who are ranked in, you know, 12 up, whatever. And then on platform B would be the lower ranked guys or, or ladies. And then you would have only 83. So everybody's vying for the same placing. It's a little bit more clear of a story, but if the streams, historically speaking, USAPL streams have been pretty well. Now, I don't know what COVID is going to do to that in terms of restrictions and, you know, how many people they're bringing in and what, if we're going to have commentators and whatnot, because a good commentator can also help sort that out and let you know, you know, this is Rebecca and she's pulling for third place as a 63, but up, you know, she's actually lifting ahead of, you know, someone in a different weight class. Right, right, yeah. so, it's going to help. It's, it's, we don't know until we get there, but I can only, it, the previous USAPL streams have been pretty good. Yeah. I know with the, the IPF, they try and always do, you know, one weight class, one division, but there's times where there have been overlaps depending on how big the meat is. And as these meets, you know, you know, there's so many lifters going into certain weight classes that, you know, they've done it before where the 84s are one platform and 84 plus are one platform for raw nationals. Also, they've done it where like for Bill and I, when we're coaching the sub juniors and juniors, it'd be like, we have eight females going on on two platforms at the same time. They did all the weight classes for like the sub juniors all at one time. And you have to like, you know, as someone who's watching, you have to keep track of what weight class everyone is in. Um, but yeah, again, someone who's a good commentator, if they do have them there, knowing the weight classes, and then it's just like, yeah, 
they had to decide, do we, you know, prioritize the raw open and the equipped open and, you know, split out all the weight classes or do we prioritize like, Hey, let's get these nationals in, let's get as many people in, uh, get through the pandemic and, and whatever happens happens. I think the main goal here is probably hold a nationals with the, as good a lifters as you can, and then recruit your, your national team. Yeah. And, and I know, I know we're mostly focused on the raw open and, and we're prioritizing the raw open, but part of the thing also with USA building national teams is they're also trying to prioritize equipped open because it's a world games qualifier year. So they want to send a team to Norway to make the world games or to NAPF for next year. So they're also looking at, at that as like, okay, we need to send a team for the world games, especially since we're hosting it in Alabama. We can't just have like, you know, nobody go because we didn't have a nationals this year. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's uh, ordinarily I'm not big onto the equipped guy. Um, Bill, I know you're into the equipped uh, area you're into the equipped as well aren't you yes sir yes sir so um and it's true yeah you guys are hosting the world games for anyone who doesn't know the world games is huge it, it runs alongside with the, the ioc and it's also is it every four years as well on the off year of the olympics correct and it's yeah. the year after yeah and you are recognized by the ioc but you're not in the olympics however the olympics has often pulled sports from the world games brought them into the Olympics, sometimes just for trial, but sometimes they actually stick. And there's been a few times this has happened with some of these sports, not getting to discussion with powerlifting, but it is important. It is important for what the IPF is trying to do. So when the USAPL is going to be hosting the world games, yeah, it would look bad if they didn't do their best to put the best possible team together. It's, it's definitely important from like, you know, the administration side of like, you know, who you're rubbing elbows with at the world games, you're meeting people from different organizations out there. And you're like talking about powerlifting and everything like that, showing them your sport. And then also it's important for the, the, the lifters. Like I said, it's like for them, it's the, the pinnacles, like for the quip side, every year they're trying to win the open world. And then for world games, they're trying to win the world games. And, and from what I've heard, I've never been, I'm going to go this time is like, yeah, it's the Olympics for the non-Olympic sports, but a lot of things are run like the Olympics. Like they have like the huge opening ceremony with all the nations coming out, holding the flag in uniform, all that kinds of stuff. Obviously the video goes on Olympic channel. It's like high quality footage and everything like that. And so they run it like almost like as close as you can get to Olympics. They give money to each of the sports to be able to run the events and bring everyone in, everything like that. That's why for the powerlifting side, like each lifter in the warm room gets their own brand new Alico rack that's customized for the world games with like the year oh, on damn. it. So imagine like you get to warm up on your own rack with your own bar, your own weights, everything like that. Everything is spaced down, everything like that. So like, it, it's a huge thing. And so, yeah, that's, that's a big thing for both the IPF and USAPL is they want to be able to build that team. It's like, yeah, it's the closest thing we're going to get to Olympics. Um, there's some legitimate sports in the world games. I don't know if I'm just making this up or what, but is baseball not in there or it was anyways. And like, there was some like legitimate big sports that are, or softball, a, a variation of anyways, the world games is no joke. And when they roll in your, yes, they have opening ceremonies and, you know, they have a viewership and, and people tune in because there's sports that you would actually watch. Um, so yeah, the IPF being in there with powerlifting, it's, it's no small feat that I think when I was a kid, man, Nintendo even had a world games video game. I shit you not. Powerlifting, you bet your ass, was not one of the games to play. <laughs> but uh, that, that's got to be one of the worst to actually have. Is there anything that we haven't hit yet um, in terms of information for nationals that you think we should? Yeah, I mean, I guess we just, the one thing we didn't really talk about, like the qualifying period. So they actually extended it from 
because normally it's from uh, the year before, right? So normally like, so 2021 nationals, you would have from January 1st, 2020 until a month before the meet to hit your qualifying total. Where this year, since um, 2020 was such a mess with you know COVID and all the restrictions and everything, they actually pushed it back to 2019, January 1st. Okay. So if you didn't compete in 2020, but you did in 2019, you can still actually qualify for the 2021 nationals so someone like uh danny Mello, for instance who you know didn't do nationals in 2019 didn't compete at all in 2020 but she had her uh world championship from sweden 2019 um her world's total that she can use as a qualifier so something like that um so we're not really missing any big names as you know from the qualifying standpoint it's just going to be dependent on who actually gets into the lottery kind of thing. <laughs> Cause there are some decent names that might be in the lottery that you wouldn't expect to be. So. Like you just said, like, yeah. is that not crazy? Daniela Bello of all people is going to be on her computer. Like, Oh God, I hope I can get this in on time or else right. I could get bumped by somebody like that's insane. <laughs> who else? Is there anyone else kind of like a Daniela Mello that is in a similar proposition where they're like, cause I think Eli, Eli Burke, I, he, yeah, Eli, same thing. He hasn't competed since then because he was going to do Sheffield. Two-time world champion. Uh, 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 David Wilson, he competed in Sweden also. Um, yep, not former national but, champion. But actually, that, but no, but he, he actually did not, He did the Arnold, right, uh, in nationals. Yeah, he, but he's he just not didn't in, hit the – yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, his is just the ranking. He's just outside the ranking for the, the two different invites versus Danny's like the, the first name I can think of that didn't have the, you know, the 2019 nationals or the 2020 – um, hometown showdown. So she's like right. basically the top lifter who didn't even get into the rankings. But yeah, there's people like David Wilson who got into the rankings. He's just right. one of the people that's yeah. just outside. So you yeah, know, Eli's he could, a good one too. I mean, he, he could possibly world champ. <laughs> like Wilson could possibly podium at nationals, but he might like lose his spot to like you know someone who's like just barely getting the qualifying total. Right. Isn't it wild, man? How was he just outside the rankings? Because he got he got, he, he got he, seventh. He, right? he moved up a weight class, so he got seventh. Um, in the 105s and then he did hometown showdown he was like fourth or fifth damn are you guys competitive in the u.s when you have a a national champion like david wilson who like the obviously the previous year when he went to the worlds and then moves up a weight class i mean it it is a little different because he moved up the weight class but even if he didn't move up a weight class people get shifted you could be number third and easily you have a bad day and drop that's how tight it is in the u.s but this is actually Bill kind of touched up on this. This is sports though. Everyone loves the story. Like the replacements were that underdog can squeeze their way in and possibly make something happen. This is the year for every story where it's um, a hard luck story. There's also going to be some underdog stories that emerge right now for everybody who's like, ah, damn it. I can't make it onto the team and life isn't fair. There's going to be a couple storylines that transpire where somebody ends up going to nationals because luck of the draw through the lottery, not totally luck. Like they were strong enough. They hit the qualifier, but after they just hit the qualifier. And since then they're just killing it in the gym quietly and surely. And they're going to pop up in nationals and they have an opportunity to make a name for themselves. Who knows? I mean, you got to look at it on the bright side. Is that right, Bill? Is that the way you would look at it? Yeah. I mean, you might have it like, like Arian was saying before, you might have an instance where like, you know, only you know six you know 83 sign up or something like that and you know two bomb and one has a bad day and all of a sudden 
you know, Damn. some guy who just squeaks <laughs> in is on the podium with a bronze medal, you know? It is true. <laughs> like, we don't, we aren't guaranteed. Like, you have um, five people from 2019, but maybe, well, some people have moved up because 2019. Yeah, right. That was two years ago, right? Some, so yeah. Class, right. We've seen that, like we just talked about, David Wilson was a uh, national champion, moved up. So five on the surface, but doesn't mean it's going to be those five. And then three, but again, I mean, and, and things happen. Some people got to pull out. Some things don't work out. Some people are like, look, and I'm not going to go to these nationals. I, I still don't feel comfortable. So, I mean, there's going to be a few people like that. So, um, you know, you don't know. Let's just be grateful that we got something going. Exactly. I think that I think that's a, a point that you made is a good point is that like, you know, people right now are thinking the worst, like, oh man, I'm not going to be fast enough. I'm going to be the one on the outside. But like, yeah, like you said, who knows who's going to go to nationals? Cause I've had lifters tell me like, oh, I don't know if I want to get on a plane right now, or I don't know if I want to be in a room with two platforms worth of people. Plus, you know, coaches, spectators, volunteers, all that kinds of stuff like that. Um, so who knows who's actually vying for those spots. And then I think also people in the back of their mind, they're thinking like, you know, there's, 10,000 people trying for these spots. But like Bill said, the qualifying tolls are higher right now. There's less people actually vying for those spots and there's still going to be a decent amount of spots open. And, and like you said, there's always going to be those um, underdog stories. Like for example, uh, you mentioned in your, your comeback of the year was Jennifer Thompson. She never did 2019 run nationals. Had she not done that local meet, like coming back off the injury and made the hometown showdown, she'd be another person on the outside. But now she did that. She's now one of the people on the inside she maybe do run nationals. Who knows? Maybe she's going to be up there on the podium. Maybe she comes back and wins. That'd be a crazy story. Dude, would that no, be- actually, she wouldn't know. She wouldn't even have made the, she wouldn't even have qualified because she got hurt at the Arnold in 2019. Right. So did she actually finish the meet? But I mean, you could have done a, you have a between now and March 1st, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, do yeah, a right, meet yeah, and yeah, qualify yeah, and everything. Okay, yeah, for sure. Right. Okay. But like for her, it was just like, she didn't do the meet to like, you know, to think yeah. of that this is going to be the thing, but she just did the meet as a comeback meet and everything like that. She did really well. And then now who look at that. She gets one right. of the spots in. Listen to me. Listen to me, fellas. A story that I love to say every time. LS McLean was the fourth alternate. Walk, walk, I don't have to tell you guys because you're there, but was the fourth alternate going into the world championships 2017. He lost nationals. He needed three people ahead of him to get that phone call and say, no, thank you. And he was the fourth person to get that phone call. And like, all right, the guy making the phone calls, his voice was going hoarse. He had already talked to so many people before. By the time he got that last, do you do you believe that? That was that's a true story. And um, and on a whim, calls. Well, fuck. I guess I'll try LS. And LS is like, uh, really? Yeah, I was the last on the list. Do you want on the team? I want on the team. And he fucking wins it. All right. And who was handling him, by the way? I mean, I don't know which year that was, but which I remember Belarus? Bill was, Bell was uh, well, Bell in the warm room. Yeah, you're right. Let's do Belarus because I think it's a better story. After Belarus, the mythology of alternate LS became you can't be LS when he's an alternate. <laughs> and he, he doubled, he did it. He, for You know, for every Rocky movie, they're like the sequel can't be nearly as good. Okay, the story is he wins in 2017 and then the sequel happens and the same thing's playing out. He doesn't win nationals. He's an alternate and people are like, if you're watching this and it's a movie, you're like, get the fuck out of here. This is too unrealistic. The same thing's not going to happen again. Yes, it does. He makes the goddamn team and he wins the world championships. The point of it is though, in terms of like the underdog, when you allow somebody and you're like, well, they're not, you know, he didn't win nationals. He's not top flight. Well, there's some people who wouldn't have been in top five in, in 2019, but who knows what they're going to do now. And, and in 2020, 
maybe they didn't hit top three, but then the U.S., God knows, top three. Look, you got David Wilson who didn't make top three, and he can win U.S. nationals any given day. So who knows? And it could be friends. the other way around, too, though. I mean, like, you could have some top lifters. I mean, I don't know of any, but, like, that don't have a place to train. Yeah. Because the gyms have been shut down and this and that. So, like, you know, they might actually be well underperforming. I mean, yeah. we don't know. Um, I don't follow all of them on, on the Instagram, whatever, but like, you know, there's definitely been instances where people have been like, I don't have a gym. I, I live in an apartment in New York city in a high rise or something like that. I, you know, I can't get a rack in my room. They're going yeah. to kill me kind of thing. Plus um, there's, there's still the pandemic. Like what if you test positive a week out from nationals? Well, this right. is true. Listen, as a sports fan, that's a whole different <laughs> podcast that we can go through on all that stuff, but yeah, for sure. But, but as a sports fan, yeah, yeah. I, I, to, to not get too deep into it um, as a sports fan I, I love UFC and boxing and, and we see um, as a UFC fan like uh, well every sport but I know it's in UFC how many fight cards have fallen apart or just just changed anyways the the people on the card has totally changed because somebody caught COVID they had to pull out whatever um, so the only thing I want to say to that though is okay you have UFC or you have the, the boxing federation they're all testing the athletes yeah testing the trainers testing whatever yeah. This is the honor system. That's some scary shit. There's no honor amongst thieves? <laughs> amongst powerlifters. Here's the thing. People, people, people snitch on themselves. People snitch on themselves. If, yeah, you know, yeah. if, you know, they're, well, I mean, right now it doesn't really matter. But leading into nationals, it wouldn't be too hard. Criminals, to criminals love posting their crimes on social media. Dog, isn't that the truth, man? That's why rappers oh. get snitch on themselves and go to jail also while, while we do have the health form which is honor system maybe they'll just be doing temperature checks as well as everyone so even if you have a you know a fever they may pull you out of nationals well yeah exactly got a fever got a fever for this fever but I, I, exactly but I, I like i'm your, just heating up baby i'm ready to go that's all my but, nervous system's firing that's but all, i like it that's all I like it your, is I like your, your idea about the UFC. I know it's not an exact parallel to it because, you know, it's 2020 versus 2021 for Powell thing. But, you know, for UFC, some people did, couldn't train or some people couldn't leave their country, but some people also didn't want to fight. And those fighters that wanted to fight then turned around and said, hey, I'll do it again next month. Hey, I'll yeah. do it again next month. Some of these guys fought five times like, to finish off the year. And so it's somewhat similar with like, you know, the hometown showdown for us. Like, you know, those people that want to go out and do, do the local meet and perform well, break some records and stuff like that got higher on the rankings and now maybe they're the ones that got in because you know they're the ones who want to go out there and compete the people are like oh no i'll just wait till next year like i don't want to compete in 2020 there's no points like that now they're like oh crap i'm not going to get the invite in i mean it, yeah exactly and it is what it is maybe they're at peace with it they're like you know what i had to make the decision whatever's going on with their family or whatever whoever's close to them in their day-to-day -day life they're like it's not worth it fuck it I, I could understand sure. that. I could understand that. Especially if it's someone like, I have no idea what Daniela Mello's situation is, but she's been to nationals, worlds, and done it all. So she's like, look, and I could take off a year, especially at her age. Um, she's She's got forever ahead of her. She's like, I'm okay. I'm okay with this. If somebody, <laughs> if somebody, if I don't get in through the lottery, it's not the end of the world. So who knows? But um, all right, fellas, is there anything else you think about this that we should drop? Any other, any other, pieces of news even about collegiate nationals or uh any of those nationals that you think masters or anything that we should drop in or we just based off the numbers i think the the, the raw masters are going to be fine the equipped masters are going to be fine to get in uh bench nationals will probably be pretty much fine because arian kind of crunched those numbers the other day 
And it was basically like exactly in line with how many people showed up last year and the year before. So I think really the only actual like lottery hard meat to get into is going to be this, the raw open uh, in Daytona, because all the rest of them seem to be pretty much, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll fill up, I'm sure, because people kind of, oh, shit, I didn't get into this one. So let me go into the Masters now right. or shit, I didn't get into this one. So whatever, I'll just do bench anyway. You know, I want to go kind of thing. Um, but I think, yeah, the only ones that are going to be hard up to get, like you better be on your computer on March 1st at midnight or whatever the, the time is, you know, that's going to be for the, the raw open for sure. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing as Bill, as far as the demand, like, especially like the teen ones through threes, like how many of them are actually competitive in the open? Like how often do you see a team three that like, you know, is on the podium at raw nationals for the open? Not, not often. Like maybe the last person I can think of maybe is like Danielle Mello's first year or something like that. Or Ashton Ruska or some. Yeah, something like that. You know, this one. so those lifters, teen ones or three, they're going to go do teen high school nationals. They're not worried about this. It's the, like it's mostly the juniors because, you know, the masters always have the backup. They can do the masters. It's the same location, the same date, everything like that. So it's those juniors to come in. Um, and um, as Bill said, the, the junior nationals is April 7th through 10th. The registration closes March 10th. So technically, if you don't get in March 1st to Raw Nationals, you can just go and sign up for the Junior Nationals. And it's just a timeline of like, you know, being uh, two months earlier. Um, and then the other thing I just want to mention for people with the schedule is that everything we went over is separated out. So, you know, Raw Masters is separate from Raw Open and Full Power is separate from Bench. And so you might have some lifters that are going to do multiple events. Like, you know, Jen Thompson is known for doing sometimes Masters and Open, sometimes doing three lift and bench press. So she might do, you know, the raw masters three lift on Monday to 14th and then turn around, do the raw open three lift on she'll be Thursday the 17th. So that'll be interesting too. like how and then hard she'll do you, the, and then she'll do the raw bench yeah. and the equip bench too. So like how there's, hard there's no you, question she's doing four meets. No question. How hard do you push it on, on the masters to, you know, she probably get the spot pretty easy to then save yourself for the open where she's really fighting for the podium. And, and I can only assume um, in terms of her ranking as a master, she's got to be a lock for the masters nationals, but she'll be in the lottery for the open. Is that how it would work? And then, no, she got second on the showdown. So she'll be, she'll be good to go. Oh, for, right. yeah. Okay, for Jen, but, you're talking about Jen Thompson, right? Yes. She's, yeah. she's behind yeah. Sam, but that's where she'll be battling. Like, yeah. For the masters, she's like, you know, 40 to 60 kilos above the next master. So like, she can do openers or second attempts cruise to the win. But then, you know, you have to recover in three days, make weight again to really have the battle in the open. Cause you know, you have to go 500 plus kilos probably for that open to get, get that title. It's, it's almost tough where you're like, if you're in a position with Jen Thompson for some of these people who are dying to get in and you see the same person lift three times that <laughs> they just took three, gobble up three spots. It is what it is. Kids. I put in 25 years. Don't cry to me. Right. If it's Jen Thompson, I could actually take it because she literally, I remember in freaking 2018, she shows up. God, okay, let me, let me, let me just, before we go into the Johnny Candida, we've, I think we've hand, handled this pretty well. Before we go into the bench press, let me just tell this. I remember 2018, um, she was being up for the lifter of the year um, with the IOC, the, in because of the, right? And some people are like, why her? Why, uh, you know, why not this person? Why not that person? And I fucking went on a rant on my, um, on, on the King of Less podcast. And I go, listen to me, you fuckos. I said, um, Jen Thompson not only was in the late 90s when women's powerlifting, you show up to a competition and she was saying she'd be the only one 
And this is, you think now people say you look like a man, why are you lifting? The way it was in the freaking 90s, the shit she put up with, the trailblazer she was setting the trend when nobody was backing her and she had no reason to continue all the way to now. And then in 2018, everything she did to earn that and in 2018 shows up, competes, wins in her 40s in a massive comeback from a career-ending injury, what could have been a career-ending injury against a murderer's row of 63s, and 63s are always a murderer's row. And on top of that, throws on her freaking judging uniform, hits the platform, humbles herself, and starts putting in shifts to judge so she could earn her slice of pizza and gives back doing seminars for free in gyms just going around, recruiting, talking to young ladies, bringing them into sport, giving seminars, giving back everything she's done in her 40s after 25 years in the game, 2018 winning worlds and doing all that. And people are like, why her? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like if some 22-year-old kid tells me why her, I'm like, what have you done? What <laughs> are you kidding me? Why her? I went on a rant, my brother, for like 20 minutes. And then I started DMing everybody. Please put this in your swipe ups. You know, everybody I do with a following, she deserves it. So, anyways, there you go. If uh, so that's why I say if anybody gets to have three spots and it's Jen Thompson of 